0: Welcome to Level to Level, a podcast exploring video games one level at a time. My name is Corey Pike, and I am joined by my co host, Justin Berquist. Howdy. How are you, Justin? I'm all right. A little tired? A little tired. Well, we're going to get through it. We're going to work through it together. Oh, good. Good. So, just a reminder what we do here is we choose a video game, and then every couple weeks, as we progress through the game, we meet here to discuss our thoughts, our reactions, For our first game, we are making our way through Playdead's puzzle platformer Limbo. In just a while, we're going to go ahead and uh, go through our next few checkpoints and talk about what we thought about it. But first, Justin. Yes. So this, uh, a few weeks ago, but this is the first time we've had a chance to talk about it on the show. Nintendo has announced a new member of the Switch family. It's called the Switch Lite. um, And its focus is on handheld play. So it's smaller and lighter. It cannot be docked. It has no removable Joy-Cons. And it is at a lower price point of $200. You currently do not have a Switch. Is that correct?
1: I, I do not have a Switch. So, and I wanted to play that new Zelda. That, well, I guess it's old Zelda at this point. but
0: uh, Breath of the Wild? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, it's on my world. list as well. Yeah.
0: So do you find this product compelling? I
1: do. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no not especially we're doing a podcast like... I look at video games a little uh, little more like, oh, well, you know, we could do a podcast on this. Um, although I feel like an open world game would definitely present its own challenges. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, you know, I guess Christmas is approaching.
0: So a, a Switch Lite <laughs> might be in your future. Yeah, maybe
1: Santa. Well,
0: do you have any problem that it's only handheld that you can't dock it? Would that be a problem for you?
1: Oh, you know what? I, I know you, you said that too, and I just realized that. Uh, not really. I mean... Because like in my head, I feel like that from everything I've understand, the Switch has got a lot of great indie games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we're playing Limbo and that that seems like a great um, indie game that would be perfect on that. In fact, that's what you're playing on, right?
0: That's how I'm playing it is on the Nintendo yeah, Switch. Yeah, I played it
1: on my iPad because mm-hmm. even my iPad, I feel like is almost a great uh, handhold device. I mean, I've got the twelve point, what 12.9 inch, so it's a little bit bigger than I think the Switch. But no, I'm, I'm very interested in it, especially as indie games have kind of risen. Um, yeah
0: definitely interested so they're putting out a a new version of the regular switch and it has extra battery life that the previous edition does not have so would you want to get the light edition where it's only handheld or would you want to get the the, what's the price difference i think it's a hundred dollars i mean i don't think so
1: like i mean like um i mean i guess it'd be nice to dock who knows you know but um I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think that if I was okay with just playing it handheld, then I wouldn't care about it. Uh, the extra battery life, because I don't think I'd be sitting there playing it for six hours straight, right? I mean, how long does a battery last now?
0: Uh, depends on the game. I, I have, I have never run the battery down, but I'm usually not playing in handheld mode long enough to drain the battery. I usually, I play it docked almost primarily. Mm. Every once in a while, I'll take it on the road. Um, but I'm rarely ever playing long enough that I have to worry about the battery life.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of how I'd, I it. It seems harder and harder for me to sit down and play a video game for, well, I don't know. Grand Theft Auto I ended up playing quite a bit of, uh, but it's longer than an hour. You know, I'll do the multiplayer games with my buddies. Like We'll do Sea of Thieves or Ghost Recon, and uh, you know, we'll play, play for three, four hours. But
0: single-player games,
1: you know, it's a little more difficult.
0: Well, when the holidays come by, we'll have to follow up and see if uh, see if Justin Burquist has a new switch. Oh, it's like a... <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm a...
1: As he waits in bated breath.
0: Level-to-level follow-up. All right, so now that that's out of the way, Justin, you want to get started on our game? Sure. Okay, so as we move into the plot synopsis, this is a warning that there will be spoilers ahead. Having been cocooned in the spider's lair, you break free but remain bound in his webs. As you hop away, you navigate a series of obstacles only to find the spider is still following you. Narrowly outrunning it, you tumble down a hill breaking you free from the webbing. You then come across the remains of a person. After navigating your way across a ravine while balancing on a series of trees, you come across a contraption made to look like the legs of the giant spider. You have found that these people that you have discovered are attempting to impede your progress by setting up a series of booby traps. Thwarting their attempts, you make your way deeper into the wood, but creeping upon you again is the giant spider. You must trigger a boulder that knocks the spider into a pit from which it may or may not return. So, Justin, what would you think about these uh, checkpoints?
1: I enjoyed them. Yeah. I mean, uh, kind of the end of the spider here at the uh, end of this little uh, collection of checkpoints we've been working on.
0: It seems the spider is kind of bookending all these little things that happen. I like that the there's slowly becoming more and more complexity in each one of the obstacles that you face. Mm-hmm. So we started off just jumping over a box and climbing up a rope and things like that. And now we're actually moving into um, some more complicated obstacles that we have to that we have to face.
1: Yeah. I mean, at first you're in the web, right? And then you have to kind of swing back and forth to, to break out and you're still cocooned. So you're hopping around. And uh, that was a little annoying for me because, I mean, obviously you can't, do much other than to jump mm-hmm. so it was a little while and then uh i'm trying to remember i think this you break the, the spider's chasing you right when you're on that boulder yes yeah that was a little harrowing
0: <laughs> every time i see those legs of the spider kind of show itself it just yeah. creeps me out we talked about this last time where just the way the the spider moves so kind of naturally and and that stark black and white just freaks me out
1: well like it's i really feel like it's segmented legs that really creep me out but you in the game you really never see the i don't know what you'd call it the abdomen or the body of the spider you just see the legs and kind of this bulbous thing like you don't see a face you know and that's kind of what i noticed too i mean you see our character's eyes right i mean who we're playing the little boy and then uh uh, you know we run into those uh, they look like older Older young men with the spears that are trying to like take you out too, mm-hmm. and they don't have eyes. Also, they're they're just kind of blank spaces like in their face, just just darkness, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of interesting.
0: I really like the the that contraption that they have set up. Um, it, it seems like it's going to be a bigger obstacle. It is because all you do is you move past it, and then you can. Um, you can uh, you can move that lever to kind of move that leg up and down but there's no real obstacle there's no real threat there oh did
1: you actually when you snuck past you know the arm or the uh what would you call it the segmented leg of the spider could you actually play with it after the guy ran
0: away you're talking you were about, you're talking about the contraption yeah yeah oh you could so I, what, I didn't even try that so what happens is you move it 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 kind of it moves itself up and you walk past it right and there's a little lever there right and you can you can manipulate the lever to move that leg up and down
1: uh, all right i yeah. mean but you yeah there's not really much other than just moving it up and down besides
0: which, moving it up and down there there's not much to it so i found it kind of interesting that it's a it's not really an obstacle it's just something that they put in the world um i think it's to kind of introduce these these people that you come across
1: yeah well and i noticed too um if you walk up to that um I don't know what you would call it, facade leg or that the phony leg. Um, and it hits you like I don't th- I'm not sure if it can kill you because I think it n- just knocks you back and you fly back, which is kind of surprising because it's the first time you can actually, you know, I guess get hurt, but not die, you know, because this is like a one hit game, right? Like the spider, there's no hitting you and you lose a little bit of health. It's spiders like spears you or, you know, you get uh, in the bear trap, get crushed or you fall down a hole and just die. But it it knocks you back and then you fly back and you land down, kind of shake yourself off and get back up, which is, I don't know, different, at least so far in the game.
0: One interesting thing about it is a lot of times you have to die in order to proceed. Hmm. Like it's not readily apparent. Um, like when you're jumping across the trees, um, you jump on that one tree and there's the boulder that's sort of on the oh, on yeah. a rope. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't have... At, at least, far as far as I saw, there wasn't any indication that that was going to happen. No. So now, so there was there was a few times when my reaction speed was quick enough, and something like that, I would survive. Sure. But sometimes there are obstacles where you don't know that there's danger there until you until you're already decapitated.
1: Well, and I felt like the designers kind of baked that into. Uh, the game. I mean, because I think that all the de- that's the whole reason the deaths are kind of gory and I mean, for lack of a better word, entertaining at, at how graphic they are, even though this is like a young boy being brutally massacred. Um, because yeah, I kept having that I, I think I died in the boulder. Um, and I, I've already played the game once, so I technically should have probably known about it. Um, but then also, I had a problem with the part where you get two. they've got this little fork kind of set up. There's these two platforms and like a gap in between them. And basically uh, there's like a rope with a bear trap that kind of slides down and then you have to walk backwards so that it, it goes past you. But then there's another one coming from the other angle and you have to walk forward after the first one passes. And I I, I died probably three times doing that. It was just tricky getting the timing right. So I really think they, they knew and they were like assumed people would die a lot. And so it's like, all right, well, they'll figure it out slowly, so we'll make the deaths
0: look entertaining. Well, sometimes you definitely have to die in order to move forward. Right. So as I'm playing it, what came to my mind is the brother and sister floating downriver, avoiding Robert Mitchum in The Night of the Hunter. Mm. So you've got these two children that are, are floating downriver having escaped this maniac. And it just brings to mind, like, there's something about seeing a child in danger that I think brings out, brings out the fear in us, mm. because I think we can put ourselves back in that, in that mindset. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of I, w- I was thinking about this, and there's a lot of examples of this of uh, of sort of children in peril. Um, so, for instance, Hansel and Gretel. Oh, yeah. So they are, um, their parents abandon them in the woods, and they are almost eaten by this evil witch. Also, in the Grimm's fairy tales, there's a Little Red Riding Hood. They call it Little Red Cap, but it's the same thing where a child is walking through the woods. Um, she is tricked by a wolf, and the wolf proceeds to eat both her grandmother and the young child. So oh, you've got things like that.
1: So, so the, she doesn't survive in the Grimm's one. I knew they were darker, but that's dark.
0: <laughs> well, they're dark, but um, a woodsman comes along and saves them. They're, they're oh pretty... yeah, it cuts them open, right? Yeah. Okay. They're, they're now pretty, I this story. pretty gruesome tales. Yeah. No. I mean, uh,
1: that makes sense though, because you know, a, a child is probably the most defenseless. You know, and in this game, we're definitely not. There's no weapons we're utilizing. We're kind of just running away from that giant spider, and I mean. Uh, Almost luckily, you know, in this one, we get that boulder that kind of pushes it down that uh, cliff, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you look at it in cinema, it's used everywhere. Um, Spielberg loves young children peril. You know, I think Jurassic Park, the the teenage girl and then her brother in the kitchen with the velociraptors walking around. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think it's just a great source of tension because... You just know in a deep level that, oh, this kid can't defend himself against this, insert, scary creature or evil person, you know.
0: Well, if you look all over cinema, you'll find, like you said, all these uh, all these poor children. Yeah. So think of something like, uh, what about Let the Right One In? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about something like The Shining? Sure. Uh, Pants Labyrinth? Um, and then what about something like, I, I was thinking about this, what about Home Alone? Totally. Yeah, yeah. So you've got, it, it's, you know, a child being thrust into this world into which they, they are very powerless. Um, a world that seems to be bent on their destruction if they're not careful. And so in these movies um, and video games and, and literature, um, these kids have to use their ingenuity, um mm. and they're smarts in order to make their, their way through this landscape that's dominated by adults. And I think that's that's what definitely was brought to mind as I'm playing this child making his way through the woods.
1: Yeah. well, yeah, and that kind of like um, seems to be represented uh, beyond the spider with the two, I don't know, they look like older boys, you know, maybe they're bullies uh, that are kind of like trying to attack the young boy. And so that kind of makes sense, too. So I was going to ask, like, how many times are you dying in this? Because we were just talking about how the game, you know... I mean, I had suggested that maybe it was designed with,
0: oh, the player's going to die a lot, and that's how they'll learn. I die a fair fair amount. Um, There's sometimes when... Uh, I I know the I know the mechanics of the obstacle but I just can't get my timing right. Um so yeah, there's that point where um the spider is coming after you and you have to get on that log that's um that's teeter tottering and the spider uh pushes its foot down and that launches you up over the uh, obstacle. Mm. So on something like that, it usually, uh, sometimes the, the timing is a little tricky. So I'm not sure because I'm, I, I've i played it through. I played through these checkpoints a few times. Mm. So I play it through and then I play it through like three more times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, because I want to, each time I want to think about thoughts for
1: this. Sure. So, sure. um, You're giving the listeners bang for their buck. Then? Well... I play through it once, and then I try to play through it, maybe, if we're here, setting up just real quick to kind of refresh my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm guessing that since this is your second or third playthrough, that you're not dying as much as you thought you would?
1: Yeah, not really. I'm like the, I think the boulder got me, um, and definitely those two bear traps. Are we calling them bear traps? The things that... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that part actually got me a few times. Um, I might have died once in the log, too, because it's not the timing. Well, I guess it is timing, because you have to run and right at the edge of the log jump. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot of times you seem to get away with it by jumping a little before the end of the log, but not in that.
0: Are you engaged with the gameplay being your second time through?
1: Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I feel like I'm enjoying it more because it's less... I don't want to use the word stressful, but it's less. I'm less worried about what's coming, and I'm just kind of enjoying the atmosphere and the look and the art direction and the game. You know, it's funny. I was, when I was playing too, I was looking at it. It, it almost feels like a because we talked about the grain of the the frame, but it almost feels like the edges of the frame are a little out of focus too. I don't. I don't know. If, can't remember if we talked about that. Last episode, but I I just bought a Super 8 camera from one of my uh, brother's coworkers down in Pearl Valley. So I was looking at Super 8 stuff online, and I, I gotta be honest, it kind of reminds me of a Super 8 frame in a weird way. I don't know why if it's psychological. I mean, it's not as grainy as Super 8, but um, it just kind
0: of felt that way. Um, well, it's got that little vignette around it. That's kind of the yeah, old, the old style film. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of degraded a little bit, so sure. the edges get a little. Uh, there's no
1: hair though sticking out of the. Uh, there's you know, no hair in the gate. No hair in the gate. Check the gate. Uh, oh yeah. So uh, one thing too, like, because I, I I'm keeping the back of my head because you know I'm a big theme guy. Um, so I noticed because one of there's a lot of theories on the the game what it is, and you know we had talked about that this kid is probably in lim- limbo, you know, or there's other theories, I guess, out there, but I realized I was like, "Oh wait, the name of the the company that, uh, like, st- you know, made the game is Play Dead." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had like maybe it's not as much of a mystery. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just noticed that, and I was like, "Well, he's definitely in Purgatory." So, uh, you know, when I first started the game, you know, you're in the web, right? And uh, so I remember the previous episode when we chatted, you had talked about the. Uh, was it the go back Easter egg? Or what was like right at the beginning of the game, you can walk left and there's an Easter egg, which I, you know, actually this this run through, I didn't notice any Easter eggs either. I don't know about you. Um, I know you played through it multiple times, so. No, I didn't find it. You any. didn't find it? Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I wonder if I can walk all the way back. Um, right. I think we're starting the sixth checkpoint at the beginning of this. Um, walk all the way back to the beginning of the game, you know, um, and find that Easter egg and then just walk back. And so I started to do that, and of course, you start out in the web, and so I start hopping back, but I couldn't get over... I believe it was a rock in the way, and um, yeah, so I couldn't go back, but it started to make me think about the fact that it seems like every video game, you move from left to right, right? So I did a little research, and I mean, it makes sense to me that, all right, it's a cultural type thing, Um, but then I started to think, like, wait, uh, Japanese, you know, I don't want to say games originated with Japanese, but like a lot of their video games also go from left to right. You know, Super Mario, right, being, in my head, one of the classic examples. But mangas are read from right to left, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but then I realized, so as I did more research, I realized apparently um, Japanese, like the traditional way it's written in columns, I guess, uh, it's read from left to right. So it does seem to be maybe more of a cultural artifact, Um, and it kind of led me to, you know, I mean, in cinema, obviously left to right is normal, right? And anytime it seems like there's, they show something from right, somebody's walking from right to left, they're going the wrong way, or there's some sort of psychological effect, right? Because where you end up in the frame, like a lot of times center framing is supposed to give an unnatural feeling. Although I've never understood that. Like Wes Anderson seems to like center frame a lot of his stuff and it doesn't bother me. Um... But I don't know. It just it kind of made me think about how left to right for a lot of people are culturally it, it, it makes sense, you know. And apparently there's even this thing i had researched called the snark effect, which apparently was some studies that uh, some neuroscientists did a long time ago. And apparently in our brains we like they were flashing numbers, and any time it was a low number, we would tend to react quicker with our left hand than our right because in our brains if there is like a row of numbers zero to nine we naturally see it in our brains as zero to nine. I might be doing kind of this a little bit of a disservice, but the idea was in our brains, If you the lower the number, the further left we see it in our heads. And, that you know, so it, it, it does seem like a cultural artifact that's just in our brains. I, I don't know if there's been any studies done on, you know, other cultures where they read from right to left. I'd be curious what their video games look like and what direction they they go. Because, um, you know, like... It, it, in Limbo, obviously, you're moving left to right, Super Mario left to right, and it, it, it actually led me on an, another kind of uh, in a rabbit hole where there's this great YouTube video online uh, where it basically described the opening screen of Super Mario and how it's designed to show you how to play the game. And you know, you start out, and the same way with Limbo, your left side of the screen, implying that there's this vast part of the right of the screen that you should head towards, just giving the impression, hey, you should head head right, um, and also like, in, at least in Mario, you know, it's not Limbo, but you start out on top of one of those bushes, um, and basically it shows you that, hey, if you see these bushes further up ahead, you you're walking past them. You're not like, you know, you don't bump into them. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. It was kind of interesting for me to kind of go down that rabbit hole. <laughs>
0: The article that you referenced before is Why Left is Less and Right is More Sometimes. And we'll put a link for that in the show notes.
1: Yeah, that was the snark effect. So they'll explain it way better, I'm sure.
0: Um, I actually wrote a paper um, on a German film called Run, Lola, Run. Mm. And in this film, uh, the female main character, she's running through this urban environment, but she's running right to left. So she's she's running opposite of the way that... Uh, that Germans or Western culture would read from left to right. Mm. And so my theory of the paper was that this was the director talking about, you know, the hustle and bustle of our lives is kind of not what we're meant to be doing this, this urban landscape that we're running through. There's something incorrect about it. Mm. So, you know, when you're in school, you, um, you have to, try to find many things to write about and so that's what i came up for one of my papers but it's a uh, run lola run and i believe the uh director is tom Tyker, Tykwer, t-y-k-w-e-r mm. so i think we need to talk about the spider yep our old friend the
1: spider is definitely chasing us through these chapters
0: coming back to get you
1: he really is um haunting my dreams uh but yeah it's funny how like you're not really doing anything in this like you you the young boy with the pompadour is not setting traps right habit he seems to end up with these devices that you know there's a the big boulder that we knock down and the boulder rolls back almost crushes you but ends up knocking the spider off the cliff and down into a, i guess like a ravine and one of the legs breaks off i'm just wondering corey do you think this is the uh, last time we see our friend the
0: spider has he dem- has he died I think as a representation of imminent danger, I think it would be very worthwhile to bring the spider back.
1: Oh, it definitely imbues my childhood fears, as you know. That's true. Yeah, he's a very effective boogeyman or boogie spider.
0: Okay, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. So this has been our discussion of the next few chapters in Playdead's Limbo. What we're going to do is play through the next few checkpoints, and in a couple weeks, we're going to meet right back here to continue our discussion. We hope that you will play along and join us at that time. If you'd like to follow the show, we're at Level to Level Show. I am at underscore pikelele, That's P-I-K-E-L-E-L-E. And Justin is at Jburq1. That's J-B-U-R-Q1. And hopefully we'll see you here next time. Say goodbye. Adios.